Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast. This is episode number one, the one skill needed to heal from burnout. My name is Amber Connolly, and I will be your host in this very first episode. I cover why you need to listen to this podcast, who it is for, what you can expect from listening. I share my own personal story and my own experience with burnout. And I'm definitely going to cover the one skill needed to heal from burnout once and for all. You're not going to want to miss this first episode. We're getting right to it in three, two, one. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I will be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering you insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Hello friends, my name is Amber Connolly. I am a former burnt out clinician and academic turned entrepreneur and I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Heal Your Burnout podcast and this show has been on my heart for quite some time now and my big why for creating it is because I know what it feels like to experience symptoms of burnout. I know how exhausting it is, how lonely it could feel, and how hopeless it could feel. And my big why for starting this is to ensure that no woman out there has to feel the way that I did when feeling these things. And my mission is to provide wellness tips and trainings to women experiencing burnout symptoms, to inspire exhausted women to look within replace habits keeping them stuck, and to help women maintain their brilliance. And again, I have been there. Burnout is a tricky thing, and I remember when I was going through it, I used to get so caught up in, is it burnout? Is it not burnout? How do I heal it? What is going on? What do I need to do? And I was perpetually in this state of of trying to fix and trying to distract myself and beating myself up, And really, it it doesn't matter if we call it burnout, if we don't call it burnout. What matters is if you're not feeling your best and if you want to feel better, this is the place for you. And I know what it feels like to feel that that sense of emptiness, that sense of things could get better. I'm not where I want to be now. I know that things could get better. And life is just suddenly harder. You might feel exhausted. You might feel like a failure and... If this sounds like you, know that you are not alone. You have come to the right place and you're in for a treat. This this podcast is going to be all about providing you with actionable steps each episode that you could apply to your own life after listening and each episode you could keep adding to your toolbox of, of skills and wellness tips that you need to move forward. And... To quote one of my favorite people, one of my longtime mentors, Cheryl Anderson, she always says, we are more alike than we are different. 
And I bring this up because the more women I serve in my coaching practice with one-on-one clients, in group programs, the more women I meet in life, the more I realize how true this statement really is. We are all so much more alike than we are different. And especially as women, the more we could come together and we could have open, authentic conversations about the things that are holding us back, that is truly when we could move forward. So this podcast is all about having those open, solution-focused conversations to let you know that, hey, we're all in this together. And we all have things that hold us back. And most of us experience the same things because we are all way more alike than we are different. And it's time to talk about the things holding us back so we can move forward. That being said, let's just get right to it. Um, Like I said, my name is Amber Connolly and my background is primarily in pharmacy. I graduated from pharmacy school in 2016 from Notre Dame Maryland University. And from there, I completed a residency at the University of Florida which um, is nothing more than an additional year of training. And from there, I began my career as a staff pharmacist working in a call center. And I used to work in a cube for 10 hours a day, four days a week, and I quickly realized I am not a cube person. I am not a nine to five person. And from there, I really stepped into more of a a training role. I, I found myself in a position where I was training pharmacists as we were onboarding them and I was helping out with with managing our interns and making sure they were trained and caught up to speed on everything and from there it led me into a faculty position in 2018 where I served from 2018 until 2020 and in the winter of 2020 I became a full-time remote employee and was a director of a graduate program within the same College of Pharmacy where I served as a faculty member. And I was there for a few months until May of 2020, I stepped into full-time entrepreneurship as a transformative coach. And I began my coaching practice in 2018 and I've been growing my one-on-one client base, hosting women's events, and now hosting virtual programs ever since. And it's something that I'm in love with. And looking back on my journey, when I was preparing for this episode, trying to identify where did I first start experiencing burnout. And for me, if I'm being completely honest with myself, little glimpses of burnout surfaced for me as early as pharmacy school. And I remember being in pharmacy school, and obviously it's a doctorate program, you're in grad school, things are, things are crazy. The, the academic side of it is very rigorous, and. It's a very competitive environment. It's a lot of information at once. And I've always loved school. I'm a lifelong learner. And it wasn't necessarily the academic pressure. It was just being in this environment where I felt like stress was always so high. (laughs) So, so high. And we were continually fed this narrative as a class in my opinion, that we were never good enough. It, it was always, you need to be doing more, you need to be doing more. And I remember, and that could be simply how I internalized it, but I don't think I'm alone in feeling that way. And I remember in school just continually keeping my eyes on the prize. Like, 
it'll be over when, when I graduate, it'll be over when I get that diploma. And throughout those four years, I really learned very poor coping mechanisms for stress and anxiety. And I remember really clinging to the parts of school that I loved and really making up this story that I was going to enjoy it so much more when I left. And making up this story, I know I'm not handling stress well now, but I know that when I'm out of here, it's going to be so much better. And I remember managing my anxiety by not being able to sleep, by over-exercising, by binge drinking, by over-studying and obsessing and studying for exams. It was very, everything was very heightened. And I, I used this as a way to cope with my stress and anxiety. And I used to continually tell myself that it was means to an end. It, it would get better when, when I'm gone, when I'm out of here. And I would look around me and I would see other students doing the same thing. So I just thought simply, this must be how it is. It must be the norm. And from pharmacy school, when I got into residency, for me, this is truly when I experienced full-fledged burnout. And I didn't do a traditional residency program. There are residency programs that are much more rigorous than the one that I, I chose. I chose to do a non-traditional nine-to-five residency, working in a call center, with a focus on academia, and I, I say this because other residency programs were more vigorous in the sense of there, there, were, there were overnight shifts, there were on-call responsibilities, schedule was so much more demanding, and I bring this up because I remember when I started feeling exhausted, feeling empty emotionally, feeling run down physically, feeling unhappy, I remember thinking, well, you have it so good compared to other residents. And that really fed in, into my burnout. I would compare myself and I would say, Amber, you should be grateful. These other people have it so bad. Why are you not grateful for what you have? You have it so much better on paper. But really at its core, it didn't matter what it was. I wasn't happy and I, I felt so stuck. I felt like I couldn't figure out what I needed to do to get better and I was in this season of not just being exhausted, but being bored and being not challenged and feeling so disengaged. And I would show up and I felt like I was running the same script every single day. And I wasn't sure what to do. So it was at this time in 2017 that I hired a, a coach to work with me, a certified executive leadership coach. And I really began diving into what am I doing that is holding me back and how can I move forward? And it was in this process that I realized I needed to do more of things that fueled me and, and less of things that depleted my energy. And during residency, I started teaching fitness. I saw it as a way to, to gain energy before going to work or after leaving work. And it was a year of extensive growth, not just personally, but professionally. And I learned all about how to communicate better, how to have hard conversations, develop vital professional skills. And I really learned how to better take care of myself because the whole not sleeping, binge drinking, over-exercising, that whole pattern wasn't working anymore. And I was starting to get older, my responsibilities at work were growing, and I knew I needed to get a better grip on self-care and, and working with a one-on-one -on -one coach really helped me with that. 
By the end of my residency, I was committed to enrolling in a, co a coaching certification program, and I knew I wanted to start my own coaching practice. And I started working full time as a staff pharmacist, like I mentioned earlier, in a call center. And I really saw it, just like in pharmacy school, when I would say, it will get better when I graduate, I used to say, it will get better when I finish residency. And as I started working as a staff pharmacist, I would say, this is means to an end. I'm 25 years old, I'm making well over six figures, and I would say things like, I don't live to work, I work to live, and this is me going to work to make money and to do the fun things that I like to do outside of work. This is me making money so that I could start my coaching business. And I had these visions of doing great things outside of work, but the whole working 10-hour days, being in a cube, it, it just, it wasn't working out for me. It, it, it worked for about two to three months, and I remember about three months in, I would work Monday through Thursday, and by the time Friday came around, I needed all of Friday to recoup from Monday through Thursday. And I would spend my weekends trying to find ways to recharge. And I remember being faced with social decisions, like should I go for brunch with my friends, or I don't know, will that give me enough time to stay home and recharge because I have to go back to work on Monday and do it all over again. And I was just so stuck again, just like I was stuck in residency, and I wasn't so sure how it could get better. And I would look around at other people and I would see that they were just as unhappy as I was in the job as well. And I would tell myself, this is just how it is. I need to suck it up and deal with it. And I would really feel badly. I'd feel terrible and guilty because I would think, I'm making this good money and there are other people out there in my field who can't even go to the bathroom, who can't even take a lunch break and here I am with a cube and a bathroom break and I get to go home and let my dog out on my lunch break and I would scold myself for, for not being grateful but looking back, I mean, come on. Those are basic human rights, being able to go to the bathroom and have a lunch break. Unless you're a robot, I think those are two basic things that every job should offer but I would just beat myself up and I was continually in this state of feeling guilty, trying to find gratitude, trying all the things outside of work to feel better, drinking the green juice, going to yoga, reading the latest self-help book, listening to podcasts, doing all of these things and I would just tell myself if only I tried harder I could get a better grip on this and I could feel better, I could feel more energized and happier but it seemed like no matter how hard I was trying the more exhausted I was becoming and the less engaged I was feeling at work and the more exhausted I was feeling at work and resentful. So when the opportunity came up in 2018 to step into a faculty position, again, I knew that this was going to be means to an end. I knew I was going to step into a position where, thank God, I could have better control of my schedule. I could have more freedom and flexibility. I could work remotely. I could manage my own time. And I knew that this was exactly what I needed just to, to be better cope. I wasn't wired to do the whole nine to five thing. And teaching has always been one of my greatest loves and, and I was really excited to step into that position. But again, it didn't take me being in that position very long to realize that again, just like the environment I was in in pharmacy school and residency and when I was working as a staff pharmacist, that same 
for lack of better words, that same toxic culture that was keeping me sick, that was keeping me burnt out, that same culture was was there, was alive and well when it came into my faculty position. And I remember being about two months into the job and being at a faculty retreat, and I was so excited because they at the retreat they talked about burnout. And I remember thinking, this is my jam. Outside of my pharmacist job, at this point, I started my one-on-one coaching business, I completed my certification program, and wellness has always been my thing. And I remember thinking, they're doing this study all about burnout. This is my jam. This is a chance where I could marry up my two things and I could really help out with this or at least take part in this. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that other people were feeling the way that I was feeling. And I was so excited to see that, that they were working towards a solution. And I remember attending the first wellness meeting or the first group that they had where the attempt was to to find ways to heal from burnout or to prevent burnout. And I remember in the first meeting, we were told to close our eyes and breathe and we ended up coloring and and we were supposed to, we were supposed to color and, and, and tell about ourselves, like draw pictures that, that meant something to us. And I remember a common theme, a lot of people around me, I think it was like picture of you now in the past and in the future. I don't remember exactly what the assignment was, but what was so eye-opening to me is when we got to, like, what would you be in the future? Or what would an ideal day be like for you? And I would say a majority of the table was some variation of, and this is me on an island by myself. Or this is me, um, like, checked out doing this by myself. And I was like, holy crap, like, burnout, this is an issue. Like we're all feeling this exhaustion and feeling this depletedness and we're all craving some sort of control or some sort of solution. But I was so frustrated because as good as it felt, okay, we're in this together. Other people are experiencing this too. I felt like we never came to a solution. Solutions were close your eyes at the next meeting and notice the color red or it was very um, superficial practices for what I perceived to be a way deeper issue. And for me, it really solidified that burnout is alive and well, I'm not alone, and, and something's gotta give here. And from there, I really set myself on a mission to, to really work on my coaching practice and really focus on helping people move forward from burnout. And it didn't take being in that position really long to realize that that my heart and soul was set on coaching and I knew that I needed to break free from the environment. There were, there were a lot of micromanaging tendencies. I, I remember being in a faculty meeting and being told, if you, res- if you email someone at 6 p.m., you can't be upset if they don't respond at 6.30 because our email hours are 8 to 6 or something something crazy where we are being told um, not to try to control someone else, but then someone was trying to tell us when we had to manage our emails. (laughs) It was just crazy. So I I recognized I needed to break free from that environment because that environment was just keeping me attached to burnout and I wanted to be a part of the solution. And I really reached a point in my career where I saw my other friends working in healthcare, not just pharmacy, but in other spaces in healthcare 
crying out for help, feeling frustrated, feeling burnt out, feeling exhausted, feeling disengaged and underappreciated, undervalued at work. And I knew in my heart, I couldn't in good integrity stand up in front of a bunch of pharmacy students and say, this is great. Can't wait to help you step into this. Like woohoo, that this is your future. When deep down I thought that there's a larger issue at play here and I wanna be part of the solution. And I, that's really my big why for going full time into my coaching business was really to help people be well. At, at the core to help people break free from those habits keeping them stuck and to move forward and from that faculty position I did have a short stint as a director of a graduate program and um, again it, it was means to an end I learned a ton being in that position but ultimately it solidified for me how much I really wanted to focus on on my coaching business and all around, looking back from pharmacy school to being a full-time entrepreneur, my behaviors personally that were holding me back was really this busyness addiction. I used to think that, well, if I'm working on something, then that's me suppressing my anxiety, um, suppressing my, my stress. And I would keep busy constantly because when I was busy, I couldn't feel the pain. Let's chat for a second about codependency. If you're anything like me, maybe you've never even heard of codependency. I know I certainly didn't. And in this episode, I really speak to you how it was a driving force behind my burnout symptoms. And I think that the same holds true for many women listening. If you're feeling exhausted and run down, and if you find yourself giving everything to everyone around you, but when it comes time to show up for yourself, there just doesn't seem to be any time or energy left over for you. If you are feeling this way, chances are you might be experiencing codependency. And codependency is a very real thing. It is not a disorder. It is not a disease. It's simply an umbrella term for behavioral patterns. And it really means abandonment of self. It means ignoring your own wants, your needs, your feelings, your desires to care for someone else or to, to be there for someone else. And some hallmark characteristics of someone suffering from codependency would be caretaking, fixing people that you love, really believing that they're going to change or seeing the good in them even though they keep failing to do what they say that they're going to do. And it really is overgiving, giving until it hurts and giving until you're depleted. A lot of women suffering from codependency will refer to themselves as being selfless and really cling to that as a badge of honor, but deep down have this deep feeling of inadequacy, feeling like they're never good enough, like if only I try harder, then, then this person will do X, Y, Z more. And there is a busyness component to it, a, a, an ability to keep your schedule really full to distract yourself from that feeling of never feeling good enough. And a lot of women experiencing codependency will suppress their feelings, minimize their feelings, or deny them to spare the feelings of others. And it really ultimately leaves you feeling resentful and underappreciated. Now, if any of this sounds like you, then let me tell you I see you and I feel for you because that 
I will forever be a, reco a recovering codependent, I believe. And coming up in the September, September 9th, I'm going to be hosting a six-week virtual women's series. It's a part of my intentional living series. And this six weeks is dedicated to codependency. And it's going to be called Codependent No More. The link for this program is going to be in the show notes. Click the link, apply today, space is limited, and I would love to see you there. Back to the show. I always knew that I wanted to help people. It was why I got into pharmacy school. Even from a young age, I always felt at my best when I was helping someone else and especially helping people reach their fullest potential. Whether it was their health goals or their own personal and professional goals, it's my favorite thing to do. And somewhere along the line, the way that I'm wired and my empathetic nature, my upbringing, my perfectionistic tendencies, all of those really was the perfect storm to suffer from codependency and from acting as a people pleaser. And just like the busyness, codependency and people pleasing became a driving force behind my burnout. And I always chased what I was passionate about, but at the same time, I was continually beating myself up. I have a tendency to have this very loud inner critic. You're never good enough. You're not doing enough. And, and to really have this highly critical inner state that, that's driving what I used to believe was driving my success. Oh, that inner voice always kept me on my A game. I always give 110% because that inner voice is always pushing me. But really, that inner voice is just anxiety and is just low self-esteem beating me up. And that definitely was a constant driving force at every point in my career, especially when I was experiencing burnout. And when I was feeling exhausted, it was because I had no idea how to set boundaries, how to protect my time, protect my energy, and how to do what was best for me, not what I felt like I needed to do to please my boss, to fall in line with everyone else that I was working with, to do all these things. I just, I, I lost my power. I didn't, I didn't use my power. I had no boundaries. They were non-existent. And I was in this environment where I felt like I didn't have a say, but I wasn't choosing to have a say. And yes, the workplace culture was toxic and was controlling and was the perfect storm for burnout, but I also at times was not advocating for myself, which again, all the right ingredients to feel burnt out. And I felt this immense pressure, pressure to do things, pressure to be right, pressure to be perfect, and it really was self-imposed from that inner critic standpoint. And in the later stages for me of experiencing burnout, I used, to, I used to think, I'm such a hard worker. I work so hard, I give my best always. How can I let this happen to me? How can I become burnt out? I remember first reading about burnout and thinking, that can't be me, I work so hard. I work so hard and I'm not weak, I'm too strong, I can't be burnt out. And by the end, in the later stages of my burnout, I truly felt taken advantage of and I was really unsure as as to what to do next and that's my story that's my, my the deep details of my burnout and I'll share more experiences as we go on in further episodes but 
that was my pattern with burnout. And really what I've come to find through extensive one-on-one coaching work with my mentor is that recognizing your own personal symptoms of burnout, replacing your behavioral patterns that are keeping you stuck in burnout, and by choosing healthier behaviors, and the more clear you are on who you are and understanding on what you need to be well as an individual, those three things, recognizing, replacing, and understanding, those are truly what you need to heal from burnout. And it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's not something where what worked for me is going to work for you. I'm not the expert at your life, nor is any other guru out there. Recognizing, replacing, and understanding, that is how you heal from burnout. You recognize your own personal symptoms. You replace behaviors that are keeping you stuck. You replace them with healthier behaviors to fuel you and to energize you so that you can move forward. And all along the way, you're very clear on who you are, who you are at your your best, what you need to stay at your best, and what you need to stay well. It truly comes down to those three things, recognizing, replacing, and understanding. And I know what it feels like as you're listening to this, to, to feel like no one gets it. I'm so lonely, I'm exhausted, I'm hopeless, I just don't know what to do next. And those feelings are valid. And at the end of the day, you are the expert at your own life. The solutions offered by any guru out there, by this podcast, my solutions are here so that you could begin looking within yourself for the answers, so that you could get really clear on that understanding piece of who you are and what you need to move forward. And I know that you're listening to this and you're everything to everyone. You're a productive Patty. You're someone who shows up for everything You have your eyes on the prize, you're goal-focused, you've been following life's rule book, and you're tired. You're tired and you're exhausted and your heart is is empty. You're you're feeling alone. You're feeling like you overgive and you're undervalued. You're sleep-deprived. You're not able to prioritize yourself. Friend, I see you. And I feel you. I know what you're going through. The decision to heal from burnout is truly a daily choice. And I am here to support you on that journey. All you need to move forward is a willingness to look within. A willingness to take action. And a heck of a lot of self-compassion along the way. Remember, if it does not challenge you, it will not change you. Being burnt out is some of the darkest and hardest experiences you will ever face. Know that it is not a death sentence. It's time to shine light on the things that are holding you back so you can move forward. I look forward to serving you on upcoming weekly episodes. Starting with episode number two, we're getting right into the content and you'll have your actionable takeaway items. Until then, sending you so much love and light. I can't wait to see you back here next time. 
Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.